0: Welcome to Miami Global Net Podcast, where we explore Miami's international community. Today's topics are cybersecurity, cybersecurity breaches, and its transatlantic impact. Our friends at the EACC Florida bring us a special guest. I give it over to Christina Eslesinska, the Executive Director of the EACC Florida, for the intros.
1: Really good to be back. My name is Kristina Slezinska. I'm the Executive Director of the EACC Florida. And we're the Florida chapter of the European American Chamber of Commerce, a platform where Americans and Europeans connect to do business. EACC provides resources, education, and updates on regulatory and legal developments of relevance to the transatlantic business community. We organize events on issues of interest or constituency and offer unique connections and networking opportunities. We're very happy to partner with Miami Global Net on this podcast series of deep dives focusing on big picture issues and how they affect transatlantic business activities. On this deep dive, we will be discussing a burning topic, as Alejandro mentioned, cybersecurity. What is it? How do cybersecurity breaches occur? How can they be prevented? We will be looking at some of the regulatory differences between the US and the EU in the area of cybersecurity. And since our guest is from Poland, we will also talk about how the Russian war against Ukraine has amplified the cyber risks in Europe and here in the United States. Our invited guest, Michał Susocki, is Product and Technical Sales Director at Cycomsec and self-describes as a cybersecurity and tech evangelist. Cycomsec is a cybersecurity company based in Warsaw, Poland, which is now looking to expand here to the United States and will establish its US headquarters here in South Florida. CYCOMSEC is an EACC Florida member company, and with the Russia-Ukraine war still raging and cyber risks being an important aspect of this war, we're absolutely delighted to have an expert from Poland speaking with us today. So now, without further ado, Alejandro, I'll pass the floor back over to you.
0: Thank you, Christina. It's always great to have the EACC Florida partnering with us and doing these deep dives. And uh, Miho, how are you? I'm very good. Thank you very much, and I'm very happy that I'm here today with you, recording this podcast. So it's a it's a pleasure. Good choice uh, joining the ACC floor. They're good. Uh, they're good people over there. Exactly. Not because they're here, <laughs> <laughs> but all right then. So cybersecurity. I mean, it's it's a big topic. It's growing fast. So let's let's dive right in. So can you define cybersecurity for us and cybersecurity breaches?
2: Yeah, I think that the the easiest approach to define that uh, is to explain somehow the CIA CIA triage uh, and um, CIA triage defining how we actually uh, preventing or securing our data. So looking from the CIA means confidentiality, integrity and availability. Taking the first uh, word from this acronym Uh, I would like to do everything to keep my data uh, confidential. Uh, I would like to do everything to get uh, it actually to not allow or to keep my data uh, integrated. So no one will uh, change anything uh, in the data. So this is from the integrity perspective. And of course, from availability perspective, if I'm using the data and this data, for example, helping me with the daily business, I would like to have, Uh, this data available for me. So in this easy explanation, uh, we can say that we're doing everything in cybersecurity to prevent the data, to avoid any manipulation uh, in the data, and of course, to secure this data from different type of uh, situations. Cybersecurity, or let's say, looking from the cybersecurity world perspective, data is right now kind of gold comparing to the previous ages. Right now, we actually cannot perform the business. We cannot exist actually without the data. So anything related to uh, data manipulation, uh, data uh, uh, stealing is kind of breach. Actually, by breach, we saying that someone possess the data or change something uh, in the data.
0: So breach is that someone has the data or somebody has changed the data. Yes,
2: exactly. Or doing something that
0: this data is not available for us.: Okay. OK, can you give us some examples here in the US. and in Europe? Uh, of course,
2: of course, yes. Looking for from the, this triage, CIA triage, uh, very I think very good example is uh, colonial pipeline, uh, which actually this breach happened uh, last year. So I, I think you heard about that in the news. There was a huge attack ransomware attack when the data was encrypted. So actually data was not available for Colonial Pipeline, uh, which means that uh, the systems, uh, IT systems, and of course OT systems uh, went offline. And actually this caused a lot of problems. And and it's not only the problem for Colonial Pipeline that they were not able to transfer the oil from one point to another. I mean, for example, from Texas to New York. Uh, but also it was the problem uh, strictly related to end customers. Uh, next day after the breach, price of the uh, single gallon rise uh, uh, dramatically. So there is a huge impact not only for the organization which is uh, breached, which is attacked, but also for the end customers. Uh, another very, I would say, interesting case from, uh, of course, hacking and from the data perspective is case with the Marriott. Uh, Marriott lost uh, more than 500 million records about users, about guests. This cost a tremendous amount of money to actually, say, mitigate the repercussions of this uh, attack. Data, uh, which was stolen, uh, includes information about emails, about uh, passwords. So such kind of data, for example, can be used by hackers. For example, logging to another uh, services. So if I'm using my email to log into Marriott service, probably I'm using the same email with a similar password to log into another service. Uh, what is interesting, a Marriott, looking from the uh, regulation perspective, had to send a post notification to each of the single uh, user which data was breached. Means if you if you Take, for example, I don't know, $1 for a post stamp, imagine how much money they had to pay for, just for notification. Um, another, another case, uh, as well related to ransomware, uh, because right now, one of the biggest treat is actually ransomware. So someone is stealing our data, manipulating with the data. Uh, not allowing us to uh, use this data and of course, ask for ransom. So another case with the ransom, for example, in in Europe was the uh, National Health Service in in Britain. More than 80 uh, hospitals was uh, actually blocked of course, because of the ransomware. So there are many similar cases, uh, but uh, as, as I'm explaining, as you can as, as you can hear, uh, it's all about data. So if someone will manipulate the data and I cannot access this data, uh, my business can collapse uh, or can go offline for a few hours. And those few hours can cost me as a business owner a lot. But of course, if someone possess the data, uh, this data can be used to another uh, attack. So those are a few, few examples.
0: So Secumsec is based in Poland, and I understand that you're planning to establish operations here in the U.S., you know, right here in South Florida. The U.S. is a very competitive market. Can you share with us a few words about your plans of um, uh, and your expectations here in Florida?
2: Expectations, I will say maybe if we if we if we uh, uh, approach this question a bit different way, actually, why we select the uh, Florida? Yeah um, so so looking from from that perspective, uh, of course, we did some research. we We get also uh, proper meetings, uh, for example, with Christina. Uh, 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 and and from our perspective, what we can see is that the state is kind of uh, technology oriented. This is one thing. Uh, Another thing is pure business, uh, uh, let's say, feature functionality, however we'll call it, is uh, of course low uh, tax structure and I would say kind of business uh, climate. Uh, Workforce and talent attraction. uh, Also, if you look from the university perspective, there are a lot of universities uh, available and also uh, we, we even had a chance to to meet with few universities, representatives, uh, to figure out how many, let's say, courses they have when it comes to uh, cybersecurity. And of course, uh, uh, from the longer perspective, long time perspective, uh, access to other uh, countries, other neighbors. So this is, let's say, the the benefits which we can see uh, from the place uh, perspective. Uh, from other expectation, I think that uh, a lot of companies also thinking to move uh, to Florida. Uh, a lot of business actually happening right now in uh, uh, Florida. From our perspective, it's also good, uh, a good gateway uh, looking also from the Poland uh, connection to uh, Miami. There is a direct fly, which is very good from the owner's perspective to uh, easily reach the, the Miami. So, yeah, I mean, those are more, uh, let's say, I would call it KPIs, uh, why we select um,
0: uh, Florida. So, uh, a lot of people choose Miami also because of its connection to Latin America. I mean, for a long time, before we started calling it Miami, the global city, we were the gateway to Latin America, right? What about Latin America? Yeah, exactly.
2: This is this is also I mean I would say this is one of the reason. I mean this is the gateway to to Cuba. This is the gateway to to Mexico and to other countries. So for example, Colombia, Venezuela. So yeah, that's why. That's that that is why. Uh, so we believe that it will be easier to uh, to of course I would say pitch our services as well for those countries in the looking from the long term long term perspective.
0: Awesome. You, I mean, you got Brazil, you got Argentina as well, Mexico, exactly. you know, a lot of good uh, potentials. So going back to, to uh, Poland. So I know that Poland has been increasingly uh, visible now in the news, you know, in the past couple of months, handling the consequences around the war in Ukraine, um, which is one of your neighbors, right? There's a lot of history there, a lot of close ties. Can you share a few words about the war and how that's affecting you personally?
2: Of course, yes. I mean, from the... Uh... I would say affecting personally i would say right now it's quite uh i would say uh, uh uh calm uh but if we look back uh, in february or, ma- or march or or in march uh we had um, uh, I would say a lot of this information, of course, generated by the, uh, yeah, the, the, the hackers. Uh, I would say even the Russian hackers. To give you some examples, uh, there was a lot of fake news uh, on diff- different social media uh, saying that our critical infrastructure, like banking, are under uh, huge attacks and having the problem actually to persist to to be properly secured. Uh, this this information creates kind of panic. People start withdrawing money, and this is actually a real uh, a personal let's say impact. I had to pay for uh, service in my house. I I re- I order one of the service to, to 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 my house, and actually I was not able to pay in cash. Uh, for this company uh, because i was not able to withdraw the money from the atm so i was uh, uh, spinning around to find the atm uh, uh, to actually withdraw the withdraw the money uh, same thing was with with gas uh, it was not possible or actually there was a huge queues uh, on the gas stations to to pump the car because there was huge disinformation about uh, yeah about the attacks on the criti- critical in, uh, infrastructure but like I said right now uh I would say there is no personal uh, uh, impact uh time to time we can say we can we are receiving fake emails to donate uh, on the fake account or actually those emails are with the phishing uh links, so we need to be actually somehow worry or or you need to be aware where exactly you are clicking or what exactly you are opening so from from this perspective, I think there was uh, enough information in the news uh, so people are much more aware right now. But I will say the first, first two, three months, uh, they really affect, uh, uh, let's say, regular life uh, due to such kind of uh, disinformation. Uh, from professional perspective, I will say it drives awareness for different businesses means that uh, from cybersecurity perspective we have uh, much more work uh, because because actually uh, you can you can be heated uh, by so called ricochet uh, if you are connected for example uh, to on, on the edge somehow to the network or to the organizations which are in Ukraine um, from another perspective, also from professional perspective, um, what we can see uh, is that uh, a lot of organizations, a lot of companies, uh, as well in IT sector, move from Ukraine uh, to actually sustain, to to keep their business. Uh, but also a lot of um, services which was offshore to Ukraine or to uh, Belarus, those companies decide actually to to offshore those uh, business in uh, Poland means that uh, we have, uh, yeah, we have a huge demand for uh, IT or even a cybersecurity uh, specialist. I would say yeah, there is an impact, but I think since last few months, we already somehow made the lesson learned. And um, yeah, we're trying to sustain with the, with the current situation. But on the very beginning, yeah, it was, uh, there was many, I would say, issues.
0: So I, I know you Kind of dabbled on this when you mentioned your personal and personal and um, professional life, but I want to ask you more specifically: what kind of cyber attacks are we seeing, or is Europe experiencing now?
2: So I think the, on the very beginning, we had a lot of uh, so-called DDoS attack, denial of service uh, attacks on on uh, especially on the critical uh, uh, and and important infrastructure. DDoS uh, you can imagine DDoS uh, somehow when you have the New sales or, or of uh, iPhone or uh, Apple watch, and you have just one small doors, but thousand people trying to uh, uh, to go through those doors. So this is exactly about the DDoS. So uh, in one second, in one milliseconds, we have uh, thousands of connection to specific server or to specific website. DDoS attack, uh, I would say, will not uh, make uh, a company suffer. I would say the impact is not B because it's not easy to go inside, or I would say uh, to to steal any data. But DDoS attack is done in purpose to make the disinformation. And why is important? Because imagine the situation that there is an attack on the bank, and for a few seconds or one minute, bank website will collapse. Uh, Those people will make the print screen and they will make the proper uh, noise, uh, cyber noise or fake noise uh, in the internet, saying that uh, one of the most important bank, for example, in Poland, is not working. So this disinformation information will actually create the panic and, and house.
0: We're going to deny of service. So a denial of service means that, like like you said, to see if I understand, is that there's just few doors for and everybody's trying to go through that door. So what happened to the other doors? Are they blocked or uh, are they? Yeah, but
2: but usually this this uh, DDoS uh, is done in a way. Of course, you you you're totally right. You, we can try to reach other doors, but uh, this the DDoS attack is done in a way that most common door, which are used, means that, for example, a website where I'm trying to uh, reach okay. my service uh, is uh, is down. So okay. they they actually okay. attacking those uh, 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 yeah one more time doors, uh, which <laughs> are used most common. Got it.
0: Okay, go ahead. Thank you.
2: Um, another another type of attack is uh, deface. So uh, in general, hackers changing the content uh, on specific websites. I would say, if we look from the war perspective, uh, there was a lot of uh, uh, deface attacks uh, on Ukrainian government websites oh where from the content, if you follow the content, you will see a kind of disinformation that this website or the service were were actually uh, uh, um, hacked not by of course, uh, Russian Federation, but uh, for example, by uh, Polish hackers. Also on the very beginning of the conflict uh, in Poland we have uh, such kind of attacks. Let's say they select the website which are, like a news or common website where people getting the daily informations. Uh, another another very uh, yeah I would say impacting businesses, not only businesses, uh, also gov- uh, government uh, uh, institution attack is actually ransomware. So any type of uh, uh, um, manipulation, actually uh, uh, any type of attack which allows to encrypt the data. Uh, and this data actually on the specific time is not available uh, either for the users or of course for the uh, for the owner so those types of attacks are was actually even right now are are are, uh, are appearing and uh, looking from from let's say um, traffic perspective monitoring perspective all of the nato countries right now observing uh, like almost 200 more attacks, 200% more attacks than than uh, before the war. And what is very interesting, looking from the um, geographical perspective, uh, those attacks are actually coming not only from Russia, but as well from China or, of course, from, from Belarus. It's not only one uh, point of, uh, of uh, attack. I mean, those hackers are, are, are let's say, spreaded, I think it's worth also to mention that a lot of hackers groups right now using the conflict uh, actually to to hit a potential target. Uh, so what I'm trying to say is that uh, not all of the attacks, not all of the breaches, are strictly related to the to the war.
0: Just just to go a little deeper on on breaches. How do they happen exactly? Like, is, is there because I, one of the things that I understand is that there's misconceptions that people think that all attacks come from the outside, you know, but studying and preparing for this, I, thanks to the EACC, Florida, you know, I understand that that's a misconception. A lot of people work from insiders, right?
2: Yeah. So, actually, there is like plenty of, uh, let's say, possibilities or approaches, but, um, I will try to explain it as easily as possible. In general, the hackers trying to learn about the organizations, uh, about the infrastructure of those organizations or specific organization, they they will try to learn what type of assets they are using. Uh, There are different techniques to to do that. By looking for such kind of information, they may figure out they can actually even check that because there is a specific database of so-called vulnerabilities, kind of gaps in specific systems, in specific uh, uh, um, uh, I don't know applications uh, or let's call it servers. Uh, uh, so. If they will make, let's call it kind of scanning, they will figure out, okay, this organization have this specific server, this server has specific vulnerability, this vulnerability was not fixed, so I will try to exploit that, so I will try to use this vulnerability. So this is, let's say, one of the uh, option to, to go to such kind of organization from the outside, but a lot of things actually, a lot of breaching and also not only uh, linked to the to, to the war, which we are discussing right now, but actually linked to the daily businesses, daily organizations, uh, uh, operations are actually happening from the inside. This is happening, uh, this happens thanks to uh, so-called social engineering or socio-technic, uh, hackers they observe in the organization they try and figure out who's actually working in this specific organization and they will take this let's say let's call it victim and they will try for example send the uh, phishing links they will try to for example guess the password if they will know that this uh, victim is using specific email to log in they can make for example so-called brute force so they can try to of course, using computers to guess the password. Another, maybe it will, it will sound really funny, but another uh, very simple approach uh, was, it, it was doing for many years in the past, they was putting, for example, the envelope or a USB sticker with kind of a note or information, confidential data, payroll, salaries. By (laughs) curiosity, people will will take this pendrive or CD-ROM, which they left on the reception, and and, uh, of course, put it to the computer. And from this moment, the malicious software will start doing the work. So there's really plenty of of things. Uh, But yeah, Uh, what is is, uh, maybe important uh, is that... uh, a lot of such kind of social techniques are happening mainly uh, on the top level management because those people are extremely busy. So it's easy uh, for them to click on something because because they are busy. So uh, a lot of techniques, um, uh, actually, I would say, by the books, book of hacking, a lot of te- techniques saying, okay, try to find uh, someone. Who's managing this organization, or, or who's extremely busy, and and try to try to of course uh, uh, send him phishing emails or any information which allows you to uh, to let's say inject the uh, uh, malware software to his uh, uh, organization means infrastructure. So yeah, like I said, there is a really plenty of different different mm. things.
0: So now now authentication makes sense. When you mentioned brute force that somebody can grab my email and maybe run a software and go through variations or whatever, or try to get my password. If I have authentication on, yeah. then people will have to also get that code. If they were yeah. to get my password, they have to get the code. Exactly. So now I make, I mean, I have it on some of my stuff, but now mm-hmm. it makes a lot more sense why one should, and I never really thought about having employees Themselves being attacked first, and then being used to to access companies. Wow, that's that's uh, still a little yeah. scary.
2: Yeah, it's <laughs> it's very scary. Actually, th- this is this is also one of our service we providing so called uh, uh, social engineering campaigns. We are testing actually human. So how human are perceived? How they are aware that someone is sending the email with kind of fake uh, URL? Fake domain, or someone is trying to call them, uh, asking for some, uh, asking tricky questions about some information. So, mm. so this is also very important. Actually, we saying that uh, awareness of the uh, of uh, employees is uh, is one of the pillar of cybersecurity in organization.
0: Very interesting. All this, all this is very interesting. How can uh, another question that came up is like how how can hackers make it seem like they're attacking from another place? instead of where they were originally located.
2: Yeah, so there are also plenty of uh, techniques, for example, uh, proxy or VPNs uh, um, in easier, in easier easier way saying that, uh, uh, to explain that I can use this technology uh, to fake my localization, especially fake my IP because IP is assigned per the geolocalization. And uh, whenever the, there are some uh, um, uh, systems which are monitoring the infrastructure, they will see this that I'm reaching from another uh, place. Of course, looking from the uh, uh, other side, there are some techniques to as well follow the this digital footprint. Let's say like that. So yeah, there, there are there are plenty there are plenty of techniques uh, allowing to uh, to be let's say. Anonymous uh, in the
0: in the network. Got it. So from a transatlantic perspective, you know, as the sector continues to grow and more people become more dependent on it, and the data flow, started, security threats are coming are becoming very. Uh, they're growing. They're, you know, they're bigger um, every year in the United States and in, in Europe. From where are most of cyber attacks coming from?
2: I think somehow I I touched uh, geolocation. Uh, yes a lot of a lot of a lot of uh, attacks uh, indeed are are from right now are, are from russia if we look from the uh, Europe, european perspective but um, i would say from the statistics perspective we we can see that a lot of attacks are actually from or most of the attacks are from china if we we'll start comparing those attacks it really depends because, like I like I mentioned, you may uh, you have some technologies you, ha- you you may use some techniques tricks uh, that this attack will be visible. Let's say from us. Uh, so in many cases, when we are helping our customers to figure out looking on the logs uh, from the from for example from the server. Uh, from actually where the hits uh, uh, came from, we can see that uh, uh, hackers are pointing Korea, hackers are pointing US, uh, hackers are are also pointing the Germany. So uh, there is much more analysis needed to really figure out uh, from where these attacks uh, um, are. But in also in many cases, uh, it's not possible as well. Or it will take a really long time to, to figure out Uh, and actually use this digital uh, uh, um, footprint to figure out from where actually we were or
0: someone was trying to hit us. So attacking someone has to be, I mean, it's it's a more serious thing. It's not like in the movies where you see a bunch of kids in the basement and then the the movie is over in 20 minutes, right? This is, you you mentioned people study the companies, they study the vulnerabilities, they, they study the employees. This is a long game. This is not, let's do this over the weekend.
2: Yeah, you really touched you really touch the point actually we're trying to explain for many of our organization and Christina mentioned about this evangelist approach that uh, when it comes to cybersecurity and actually this is the same thing which we have in real world when it comes to the attacking or attack cyber attack it's not a matter if i will be attacked or or it's it's matter when i will be uh, uh, affected when when someone will breach my organization so if I'm prepared, if I have processes, proper uh, employee staff, if I have uh, tools, uh, I'm ready for the attack, I'm ready for the incident. This is, I would say, all, all, all about uh, cybersecurity or let's say preventing the, or being ready for cybersecurity. It's not about when, but sorry, it's not about if my organization will be attacked, but actually when my organization will be uh, attacked. So that's why cybersecurity is uh, is extremely important. And uh, if we compare this to the real world, uh, look look on the lock in your door. Actually, each of lock in your door can be uh, can be hacked, can can be open. It's just a matter of time. Uh, in uh, cybersecurity world, it's even easier because there there are no uh, how to say. Uh, this time, I would say, I know it's 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 against physics, but this time is longer. No one is monitoring or observing how much how much time you spend to open this uh, lock. I would say it's it's easier from from this perspective. But uh, none of uh, or or entity or any business, none of that uh, of, of such kind of entity is hundred uh, percent secure. There is such kind of things does not exist. So if someone is saying that I'm hundred percent. Uh,
0: secure is not is not true. So a, a few months ago, we held a podcast. You know, I guess thanks to the ACC regarding data protection. You know, and the differences between um, that exist between the EU and the United States. You know, we have we have very different regulatory layers. Right? Are you ready to deal with those, or do you see any challenges?
2: We are totally ready, uh, let's, let's say like that. I mean, from challenges perspective, uh, I, will, I, will, I will turn around this saying that uh, from the European uh, data protection perspective, we are really focused on, or actually this data protection is user centric. So we really care about the uh, user data, user information, confidentiality of user information. Either this will be information from the bank or, or from the, about the health, uh, this is strictly defined and actually based on such kind of experience, I will say this can be only benefit uh, uh, for us as well to share some uh, experience from, uh, from, from Europe. So from regulation perspective, I will see I would say that there is no challenges. We believe that it should go uh, somehow smoothly. So uh, it, it can be I mean based from our experience, it can be only uh, better, can be only uh, beneficial.
0: So this has been a fantastic conversation. Uh, and I have just one more question for you. What would be your elevator pitch when talking to potential clients here in the US?
2: Actually, we already start pitching. So we have the real feedback uh, in common way or in general. Um, our company built a kind of orchestrator for so-called offensive security. Uh, means that we are doing... Uh, one step ahead approach. Uh, we're saying one step before hackers. So we penetrating, we auditing, we assessing the organizations, not one times per uh, I don't know per, per year or per quarter, but actually this uh, approach is um, uh, consistent, is uh, regular. So um, our product, our orchestrator, as I mentioned, be secure, allowing actually customers to uh, manage the vulnerabilities, manage the cybersecurity risk uh, based on those regular uh, assessment. So this is the first point. Second point, when when we look from the experience perspective and skills perspective, uh, Poland is, I would say, one of the top when it comes to cybersecurity. So we also bring in those uh, skills uh, to the table, uh, to, to our customers. Another, uh, another angle is also compliance. Be secure, or I would say our offer uh, in our orchestrator also include the compliance. There There is a kind of, uh, let's say, uh, certification or approach called cyber security maturity uh, model, uh, which, for example, each of the single entity needs to have when this entity would like to work with the US government. So we are already preparing our approach for such kind of certificate to help organization to be cert- certified, actually based on, on so-called NIST uh, cybersecurity framework, which actually we already performing or we are already adopted uh, here in Europe. So yeah, in general, what I can say that uh, we are providing the, uh, Consistence uh, cybersecurity assurance, uh, thanks to our uh, B Secure platform.
0: Got it. All right. It has been great. Talking about cybersecurity is one of my is very interesting to me. Um pass it over to to the EACC Florida some for some final words, but on my end, this has been amazing. It's always good to know about what's going on in this front line. It's always expanding. So
1: yeah, I totally agree. Thank you so much, Alejandro, for inviting ACC Florida again to partner with Miami Global Net on this deep dive on security, cybersecurity. And, and many thanks uh, to our guest, uh, Michał Susochki from SciComSec for sharing your expertise your U.S. plans with us. And frankly, we really wish you all the best. Um, So you can find further details about our guests, Miami Global Net and EACC Florida in the podcast notes. Make sure you check our website for upcoming programs and information on how to join if you're not a member yet. And subscribe to Miami Global Net to find out more about Miami's international community. Thank you.
2: Thank you very much.